Hello and welcome to week nine of the Irishman Running Abroad Half Marathon Challenge. Sonia O'Sullivan is in RTE at the moment recording her commentary for the marathon at the European Championships. So a bit of an unusual episode this week in that we'll start with Ashling and Neil, our team captains on the line, and we'll welcome Sonia onto the live line shortly. We've some big news from Ashling. She's been navigating something tr- truly extraordinary and terrible, but happily there is a good ending to it. So let's get to it. It's this week's episode of An Irishman Running Abroad. Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. Neil and Ashling are two squad captains as we go into week nine doesn't it feel like the maddest journey doesn't week one feel like an eternity ago oh yeah Ashling, you've do you want to explain to people what you've been dealing with in the last little while yeah yeah there is me swatting off around do my 14k in uh, sunny uh, west of France and all of that and then I got the dreaded phone call from home where you know something's wrong and you know you'll get the whole like I got this ash call back and I'm like oh, oh. damn I'm on holidays so there's something wrong <laughs> um, and dad had a heart attack and I jumped on the first airplane and left Beirits and flew home thankfully Ryanair did a cheap flight in a couple of hours and I got home wow. and yeah and we had a week in and out of ICU and all the rest of it. Not sure if he's going to make it. And thank God, because we had a defibrillator in our home that saved his life, he's going to be, he's going to have a long journey, but he's going to be fine. And I'm staying here with my mum and all the rest of it until school starts in September. But wow. yeah, yeah, it just, you know, it puts everything into perspective. <laughs> well, uh, sure. my heart was in my mouth for you. And I know that it was weighing on Neil as well and uh, you know Sonia was back and forth through all of this and I'm just so happy that it's worked out I found it doubly inspirational if people want to look back at Ashling's training that you managed to keep going and keep kind of squeezing it in and I'd imagine that those runs suddenly became even more important for your head Oh, for sure. But, you know, like I have I have a, a big family, a good, you know, seven children family in the West of Ireland. So, you know, the priority was just keep going for my mum and keep, mm-hmm. ev- you know, everyone keep strong, and keep positive. And the runs were, you know, they, they were my sanity. Like everyone got up. I, I'm going out for a run, mum. OK, come back. We're talking about it. My dad was barely conscious and he's been watching my Instagram stories and I was telling him all about it. And you know, it just kept normality going. It kept, you know, questions and conversation and as much as for my head as anything else. So, yeah, it's yeah. been hugely important. <laughs> yeah, Neil, it kind of puts into perspective having to get the garden done on the Sunday. <laughs> it, it really does. It really does. It's not even compar- it's obviously not even comparable. Um, just the, the emotional exhaustion and the physical stress of others can't, can't even imagine. It's to say it's impressive that you've kept on, kept on going and so well as Yeah, well, uh, Neil, we're going to, this is a bit of an unusual way to organize this week's episode because we've so much to talk about as we head into week nine. 
tapering down our training. What the hell is that all about? I'm sure everyone's heard of it. Why do we do it? Where can you go wrong? Well, I know a woman who can tell us. It's Sonia O'Sullivan. She's waiting in the wings <laughs> like Neil and Ashling normally do. And we're going to bring her onto the live line this week and get stuck into our training plan for week nine of the Road to Larn and the Irishman Running Abroad Half Marathon Challenge. Talk to Jar on 1850 715 815. Good afternoon to you, Sonia in Dunnybrook. <laughs> How are you doing? Backstage at RTE Sport, uh, commentating on the European Championships. How are things there? So things are good. Yeah, we're focused on the marathon here this morning, which Vanula McCormack is running very well. She's up in the lead pack. And um, I just saw her checking her watch there. So, yeah, she must, she looks fairly confident. She's, um, covering all the moves um it's still early days they're not even an hour in yet i think um so not a, not a half marathon done yet maybe just around 10 miles and um yeah and then we we cut a break there to check in on the track because there was a few heats on this morning and the men's 100 meters was on and israel Olatundek was running yes. and he's qualified into the semi-final so absolute yeah, result Win UCD his, man and the whole lot. Fair play yeah, to him. He won his heat and just short of the um, Irish record. So, yeah, another mm. chance for him to go and chase that in the semifinals. Magic stuff. Well, Sonia, as we said, we're on the line now with Neil and Ashling. Ashling has explained to us what she's been through in the last few weeks. And, you know, I was saying how much of an inspiration it is that and how how important it is that people recognize that part of this journey was one of us was going to hit something extraordinary because training just isn't a smooth path. We're on to week nine, two weeks to go. And I'm sure when you got the word and you were in touch with Ashling about what she was going through, it brought you back to moments in your career when you were like, this training plan was meant to go this way. And now these extracurricular, these other things, these familial things are getting in the way. Did you have those moments or was there one moment that you can remember vividly where something that was completely outside of athletics started to impact upon you? Um, I'm trying, not, nothing specific, really. I mean, I think, you know, a training plan is a guide and it's something, you know, that it's not set, it's never set in stone and it's always adaptable. And I think when you have that mindset, then no matter what comes up, then you're able to adapt to it. And you just kind of minimize the impact that the, the running and the training plan has on your life if mm. you have to change and be somewhere else. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're pretty lucky that way, Sonia, because you like kids and stuff must have been tricky to manage because all I get back from listeners and people in the squad is how difficult they've found juggling the family, the work and the time. Um, you never found that a, a challenge. Uh, well, I suppose the difference was that running was my job. So mm. then, you know, then there, there's only two things to juggle. So you have your family and your job, which is running. Whereas most people have their family, their work and their running. So yeah. they have three things. So I think when you only have two, then it's a lot easier to balance them off each other. Sure. And you can always find the time um, because you're not working in that short window frame where you're compromised. You know, if you have to go and do something that's outside of the, the normal day schedule, um, mm. 
where I would always, you could always find an hour in the day if, you know, if that's the only thing that you have, to, if that's the work that you have to do for the day. Yeah. Now, you may have to jump off at some point during our episode here and then jump back in. So just to prepare listeners for that. So we should get down to business. The subject for today is the tale of the taper. We are talking about tapering our training in the final couple of weeks leading up to whatever big race you have on the horizon. Now, chances are you have heard of a taper and chances are you've probably engaged in conversations about tapering. But it'd be great to hear from you, Sonia, what the theory is behind this and what you most commonly see people get wrong. Well, yeah, the thing with a taper is that it's a time when you kind of tone things down a bit. So you like you tone everything down from the the amount of running that you're doing, the intensity of the running you're doing, and you reduce everything. And oftentimes doing that, you feel worse. Um, because you're so your body is so in tune with the level of activity that you're doing that when you do less, all of a sudden you I suppose you you have more energy and, and what am I gonna do with this? Hmm. But some it's it's a very strange situation. It's a bit of a catch twenty two because you're easing down so that you'll feel fresh and you'll feel better for the race that's coming up. But I don't know, it's it's something I don't know is it psychologically or um, what it is, but you somehow, when you're doing less, you feel worse. Yeah. And so to be able to relax and make it so that you can understand that and you accept it, but mm. you don't worry about it. Um, yeah. Because then you, if you start to worry about it, you think, oh, then you have to change everything. You have to change what you're eating. Um, what you're sleeping, you know, the daily activities, you have more free time, you have more time to do other stuff, but that's where you have to kind of try not to do other stuff. So you don't fill the extra time with more activity. And I think the idea of a taper is that you, you do less running, you eat the same. So if you eat the same, then you have more energy. So then you're really just topping up the fuel source that you need. When, when it's coming to the rates. So rather than depleting yourself through all the training, you're energizing yourself and you're topping yourself up so that you have that bit more energy, that little bit of extra kind of padding that you need um, when you go into a long race. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, Neil uh, Fusco is here, our team captain. And, you know, Neil, I really got the sense from you during the week, this imperative or this sense that I should be doing something that Sonia's referenced here uh, took hold a bit with you and they, you might struggle with this taper and they maybe struggled with them in the past. I certainly feel, Ashley, I'm sure you felt this too, this urgency to get out because you mm. you think, God, I, I can't get that. I get, this is the one in a lifetime opportunity. I can't let this opportunity slip. But you're <laughs> going to have to fight that. Neil, you did a bit of cross training and nearly hurt yourself this week. Yeah, so I just, uh, just probably poor form of kettlebell swings. I mean, I just, uh, I don't know, I'd say put a bit of tension in my lower back, which was the cause of my knee injury, knee injury for the past like 15, 16 months. At least I think it was that. Either that or it was the super shoes that I, I finally got, called, uh, which kind of had a reaction to that. So I, I, I don't know yet. So that's kind of a little bit of a, yeah, a little bit of a quandary. But so my, my, yeah, my knee and my hip are in a bit of a hoop again. Oh no, no. And and actually when I saw, so Neil whipped out the super shoes for the first time. Ashling is a bit ahead of you on that. She got them a little bit earlier in the plan 
and saw the benefits for her uh, 14k race. But Sonia, this is a thing that you mentioned about practicing the things you're going to do. Neil was doing the right thing and getting the shoes that he thought he was going to wear. What would your response be there if you feel like, okay, I got the shoes that I want to wear, but now they seem to be making me feel weird or not as bouncy as I was? Yeah, I think a thing with these super shoes is that you can fall into the trap of you feel good when you wear them. So then you want to wear them more. Whereas I think for most people, you're probably better off just wearing them maybe on a session day. um, And that's enough practice then once a week and then in the race. Mm. Whereas I think if you wear them more than that, if you start to wear them for long runs, for other runs during the week, then I think they lose their effect. But then also I think the they can have a negative as well. Like they're they're good, but their functionality is for speed. And so if you use them for less than speed, then you start to run differently in them. And so then I think you're more open to being injured. And you do hear a lot of stories of athletes being injured wearing these new shoes because they wear them too much and it changes the way you run. It changes the form and the way that you run. And so there's little tweaks that can, it can, you can definitely be injured wearing these shoes. And then there's so many different types of them now that how do you know which one is the best for you? Mm. You know, I mean, the, the obvious ones stand out that most people wear the Nike ones, but then there's so many others. Um, I think Panula, she's wearing Essex at the moment. And there's, that it, seems uh, to be a very popular one at the moment. It seems to be a bit more flatter it's not as like extreme as the nike ones that really throw you forward so i went yeah. for a, a bit more of a less, less aggressive than some of those really heavily rockers or kind of very 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 unstable ones but also i only wore it on my, on my speed day but then i decided i should wear it in my long run and maybe that's how maybe, and, but i started having a really sore calf during that long run so i don't know whether uh, so that kind of like i never really got to go, get rolling on that so i had to, had to pull, pull, pull that early so Hmm. I'm a now, little bit wondering, do I, st- do I, do I shelve them and, hold, and just kind of go afterwards to start training with them? It's a tough one. For the tough marathon, question. Or? What do you think, Sonny? I, I, I would go back to wearing them just in the session days and in the race or the run, the, the event. Um, hmm. Because I think when you wear the long run, you're not really always running in the same form that you would for your race. Mm-hmm. So I think you do tend to sit back and you run differently. And so it's it's just not your normal running gait. So it throws you a little bit. Um, so I suppose that the problem is that when you cause issues, it takes longer to kind of unravel them than it did to get them. And oh, absolutely. Yeah. So then you're a bit reluctant to go and do them in the sessions. And but, I, but the thing is, when you're doing a session, you can always put these shoes on. And if it doesn't feel right the first effort, then you can just take them off and change again. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, so uh, let's talk a little bit more about tapering. Uh, Ashling, is there a question you'd have on this? Because obviously this is your first rodeo, a bit like mm. myself. It's the first time I've ever even thought about uh, tapering. Is there anything that specifically you were thinking about uh, when you look at this week nine plan? Uh, well, I suppose I've, I've been very conscious over the last week, even just, you know, taking it easy. I'm normally on the move quite a lot and I've been doing lots of sitting around drinking tea and, and feeling that it's not helping me. <laughs> um, when I get up to go for my run, it's harder. So I suppose just, you know, 
generally over the next two weeks, if if things are easy, what can we be doing in between? Are the little exercises, are, are the things stretches, are there different things like that that could be done in between the easier bits and pieces? That would really be my question because I've felt the need to do that more in the last week when I'm not as active. Yeah, I think stretching is always good. And it's, you know, I think after you've done a run, if you have the opportunity in the evening time to, you know, take a half an hour or something to do some stretching, to do some yoga, it can definitely help to relax you a bit more. And you're doing stuff, but it's not really intense. It's not where, you know, it's not, it's not the impact that you get from running. Mm. So I think sometimes if you get caught doing things that you don't really want to do, then you can kind of schedule in a little half an hour for yourself and say, oh, I've got to go and do something here and go and do your stretching or your yoga. And in a way that you want to do it rather than, you know, feeling that you have to do it. So I think if you want to do it and you feel like it gives something back to you, then you're more likely to have benefit from it than if you kind of just put it in because you think you should be doing something. Mm. Mm. If that makes I saw sense. a few places, Sonia, say that you should definitely avoid any sort of strength training in this final two weeks of tapering. Is that correct? Um, not totally, no. I mean, I think, again, it's the same. You reduce the amount and the intensity that you do. And I think it's all good to keep a similar routine and pattern. Mm, just make it smaller. You just make it less. Mm. Okay, okay. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about what you've been dealing with yourself, Sonia, this week. We got some amazing shots of Monte Carlo <laughs> and uh, you were flying around the place for the Diamond League and now back in Cove and then straight up to Dublin for this. How is your own training going and how likely is it that we'll see you in Lauren yourself? Um, yeah, so I'm still a bit uncertain about what I'm doing at the moment. I definitely haven't been as um, following the plan as closely as uh, as I'm recommending everybody else to follow it. Um, I, yeah, I, this thing that I have in my ankle, it's kind of been a bit angry recently and not very happy with me. And w when I was in Monaco, they have, oh, they always have these medical rooms that you can, that the athletes can go to before and after the races. And so they just happened to have this thing set up down there and they had a, um, ultrasound machine and I went in to see if, you know, there was nobody there. So I said, oh, maybe can you have a look at my ankle here and maybe it needs mobilizing or something. So they pulled out this ultrasound and of course they say, oh yeah, this looks good on the right side, but the left is not so good. Oh and no. So then I said, well, can you fix it? <laughs> like, replace it yeah. I said no we're not really no because it, it basically it's just a lot of long term wear and tear and um, right. and it's something you know that I have been dealing with for a number of years now and you go through phases of you can manage it you tolerate it and then every now and then you, you don't tolerate it and you feel the pain more and then you know you, do, you, you just kind of lose the focus that you have and I don't really enjoy running as much when it's when it's sore like that. So mm -hmm. that's kind of where I'm at at the moment is that it's kind of hard to go for a run because it's it's every step is sore. And when 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 it's like that, then you kind of think, well, I, maybe I should be doing something else. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So because of that, then I definitely won't be running the half marathon. I don't wow. I can't see myself doing that anyway, because it's just it's too much on the of road course. to do yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, um. So I'll see how I go this week here in Dublin. I'll 
managed a, a few runs around the place. And sometimes it's amazing. Sometimes you can feel stuff when you're sitting around talking and doing nothing. And then you go for a run and it feels fine. And you think, but, but the problem is that that pain that you feel is in your head. Mm-hmm. And then you're, you're nearly afraid to go for a run sometimes because you're thinking, well, this doesn't feel right. So it can't be good. So well, there... it's to balance that out and work out well, what's the right thing to do or not. Well, there'll be an awful lot of people listening to this, uh, really associating with what you're saying, who have those kind of long term things that flare up and taking an awful lot of heart uh, from what you're saying and hopefully taking that advice. I'm really sad to hear that. And I'm so, I hope you're OK. It's fine. Like I was weird on Saturday, no, Friday, I didn't have a very good run, but then I did a lot of icing straight after it and anti-inflammatories and the works. And then actually it was not too bad on Saturday. But then you feel sore walking around on Sunday and it's like, it, I don't know, it's just hard to make sense of it all. Yeah. So um, I, I'm actually going to try and see somebody while I'm here in Dublin and see if they can um, give me some advice and help, you know. Sometimes you got to bring the professionals in. We're all just so grateful that you've given us this plan and you've coached us to this point uh, that it would have been the dream to run it with you. And I know that people are going to be super disappointed that they won't get to stand side by side on the start line with you. But of course, there will be other races, there will be other opportunities. I thought that now mightn't be the worst time to check in with the squad uh, in a special round the parishes specifically for the group of people that are heading to Antrim this August 28th. So we got some voice notes from our squad and the first one comes from let's go to Ashling Byrne who is really feeling the buzz of the challenge. Hi Jar, hi Sonia. Um it's Ashling Byrne here. I'm just giving you a bit of a recap on my road to Larn. I can't believe it's the end of week 8. God that time has flown. I'm just in from my long run. Um I did 16k today. And I really didn't want to do it. It's just been such a busy week. I've been really tired. The heat isn't helping with anything. And I'm so happy I did it. It took me a kilometre or two to get into it, but I can really see myself getting stronger. And it really was a great confidence boost with less than two weeks to go. So yay! (laughs) Um, I'm really loving the challenge. Um, It's really put me to the test in terms of speed work. It's something that I haven't been strong in, but it's making me do it and I can definitely see myself improving there. I'm also loving the fact that this challenge has made me meet two strangers within my village, literally two minutes either either side of my house, who I now can call my running friends. So I'm really happy about that too. So um, yeah, I'm loving my road to Lauren journey and I can't wait to meet you all and run with you all in two weeks time. Oh, look, isn't that fantastic? Like you couldn't ask for a better <laughs> voice note. I mean, there needs to be a prize for Ashley Byrne for best voice note we've ever received, Sonia. Isn't that just fantastic? Oh, it's great. And I think just to see people, you know, finding things in common that they never knew. And I think you see that a lot in towns around Ireland. I see it, you know, in Cove, you know, with particularly with the triathlon club, with the athletics club. Um, it just brings people together and they encourage each other and they run together because they're doing something in common and they can find somebody who's going at their pace. Um, and then it, 
it just changes your whole kind of perspective on, on the running, I think, when, when you have people to do it with. And um, when you, you know, then you have the running in common, but then you find you have other things in common as well. And um, you find new people in your life. Absolutely. Well, uh, shout out to you, Ashling, and good luck with the rest of your training for the next two weeks. And good luck to everybody who's given it a lash for the next two weeks. We've got a very uh, good email here, Sonia. It says, uh, hi, Jara, I have been following the Irishman running abroad uh, podcast and half marathon plan for Lauren closely from afar here in Brisbane. So this is Dara King. And unfortunately, he can't be there like you, Sonia. He can't run the actual race. But what he did was he trained for the Sunshine Coast Half Marathon in Queensland. He said he had a good run and despite struggling to consume his energy gel mid-race, uh, he ran a time of 1 hour 23. <laughs> An absolute beast. Uh, on another note, he said he was chatting to a cousin of yours, Sonia, Eamon, at a park run the other day. And he said he was still flying the flag for Cove in the black and yellow um, running the park run in Redcliffe. Do you know that park run, Sonia? Um, I haven't been there, but I do know it, but mainly through Eamon, um, Eamon Sheely and his wife, Una. And, um, yeah, I, well, they started running when they were in Melbourne a number of years ago. And, um, yeah, it was a surprise to all of us, you know, that Eamon took up the running and, <laughs> as, um, and, and he started to go pretty fast, pretty quick. <laughs> so, uh, I it's remember one time I, it was funny, I was running a 10K one time uh, in Melbourne and Eamon was running there. And I was looking around, I hadn't seen him, you know, and we were getting close to the end and I didn't realise, but he was actually sitting in my back pocket, you know. He'd been there the whole time, hiding. <laughs> <laughs> and he came with a big sprint <laughs> to get past me. Very good. Well, Dara King is the man who sent this email. And Dara, congratulations to you. And yeah, hopefully we'll catch up with him on one of our monthly meetup runs. Now that I'm back in Ireland, we're going to be setting up these monthly meetup runs. I've had a mad old week back here uh, chasing around, trying to do every scenic run in Ireland that I can get my feet on with the help of Jaguar Ireland. We'll have to do more around the parishes in the second half of the show. And I'll fill you in on exactly how mad this last week has been for me, including a run that Strava recommended that took me up a mountain and through a shooting range near Cater Savine. And like, I'm not sure people even believe me. <laughs> I was sprinting through this shooting range on what was supposed to be an easy run. We'll talk about that and more on this tapering thing. We'll get Neil and Ashling's questions and a bit of uh, research from what the what the marathon handbooks are saying around tapering. What's the latest thinking on it? That's all in the second half of our conversation with Sonia, Neil and Ashling over on patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad. One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise wise. Imagine, you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress. 